I like songs that make you feel good. Just music that goes, you know what? I think I can take on the world. Our youngest, our youngest daughter, Tori, and I have this little thing we've been doing forever, I think, is, uh, yeah, Tori, you got a shout out. She, she, the, my kids keep count, just so you know. Uh, we have this little deal that we've had forever is feel-good music. Music you hear and go, hey, this makes me feel good. And she'll send it to me, or she'll, we just had this running thing forever. Just in that song there is called Praise Song, third day, first album, uh, self-titled back in 1995. Go look it up. Problem is, I'll bring songs to the staff, and they go, yeah, we can't sing that in the church. Not because it has anything bad in it. They said it just, it's radio song. It's not worship song. I think it's both, but there you go. Okay, that's... But I, that's the reason I have a clearinghouse, right? I send songs to my crew and let them figure out whether or not we should be singing it in here. But look it up, called Praise Song, Third Day. And they are iconic, right? Romans 11, 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That's how Paul closes Romans chapter 11. I told you a few weeks ago, as we, and we're going to go back to it here in just a minute, Ephesians 3, at the end of that, in verse 21, 22, it's a doxology. Well, that's what that is. Paul is, again, giving a doxology. He's giving a song of praise or doxology or, or, dox, or, the, or, or the grandeur or the, or the, the magnificent. The, the, I can't describe how great God is, but I'm going to try to do it in words. Anybody ever tried to do that? You try to do it in words, but you know you're short. But you still try to do it. We do it on Sundays here, right? We try to sing songs that give some meaning or some significance of what's going on inside of us in the story. But somehow or another, they still fall what? A little short, right? Maybe a whole lot short. But Paul, again, his doxology, he's probably singing this to some degree. I know he's writing it, but there's a very good chance he may be singing it. But he leads it right into the... Romans 12, right? He says all that. He says every bit of that. Of course, Romans 11 is leading up to that, but especially the doxology. And he goes, therefore. All the stuff I just said, therefore. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's love, his magnificent love that, again, we don't understand because we just can't quite grasp it. In light of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing unto God, that is your reasonable. Depends on what version you're reading, but your reasonable act of worship. That's the least you can do. No longer conforming to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. 
the morpho, the caterpillar to the butterfly. Then, there's key words there, therefore, and then in those two verses, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. I mean, you want to know that. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Therefore, Ephesians, I've read it a few times over the last few weeks. We're going to read it again, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, but we're going to camp again on the last few verses. But for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth deliver, derives its names or name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Again, the word power there, I don't didn't get it, but before we talked, power is dunamis. That's the word right there. What that means is the dunamis power. That's where we get the word dynamite. It's that kind of power that you will be strengthened with dunamis, with power. Through his spirit in your what? Inner being. It's not just something out here floating around, but it is something that's going to indwell you. It's something that's going to be a part of you. It's not just a companion that walks beside you, and if he's not there that day, you're in trouble. Jesus says, I must leave so I can send one. Because if I stay, I'm only in this spot and that spot, wherever I am with you, then that's okay. But when I send the one, he will indwell you. He will be wherever you are. So that, again, these are real critical words, so that. So there's a purpose for you being, having the love of God interdwelling in you in the fullness we'll talk about here in a minute. There's a purpose behind that. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, back to that word, together with all the Lord's holy people. That's all of us together getting, pulling this off, okay, in the name of of Christ to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and here's the doxa now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen The doxology there at the end. Telling of the grandeur, the, the, the scope of God. I don't have the words, but I'm going to try. There are dimensions, but they cannot be measured. No boundaries. Psalm 103, 11 and 12. For as high in the heavens, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I don't ask for many amens. I have much feedback from you. 
He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. There are dimensions, but you can't measure it. But who's it for? So great is his love for those who fear him. Where does wisdom start? <laughs> the fear of the Lord, right? What does the word fear here mean? Well, if you look it up in, 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 in your Hebrew or Strong's lexicon, it'll give you multiple reasons, versions of what it means. It could mean even all to the point of being terrified or being afraid of God, but I don't think that's what that means here. It also means to stand in awe. My love goes out to those who stand in awe of me. What, is, what does Paul say? Who has done anything for God that he even needs to repay them for anything? He chooses to bless us. He chooses to give anyway. He doesn't owe us anything. A few weeks ago, I shared with you, it's probably been about six weeks ago or whatever, I shared with you just a, a thought behind, from a book, Contagious. And uh, Jonathan Berger talks about how he was, he was, he's writing about how, how things in our social influence spread so fast. And some of you may remember this. Uh, I mean, you may be like me. I can't remember what I preached last week. Well, technically, I can't remember what I preached last week because it was so off the rails. So that part I can't remember. Normally, if it's not off the rails, I don't remember it as much. But when it's off the rails, last week was a little off the rails. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, back to this. And he's trying to figure out why do things catch on on social media? Well, why do people grab a hold of that? He said, research says that articles that draw, drove a sense of awe into readers were 30 times more likely to make the list of most shared articles. When they drive the sense of awe. We had an article this week. I think it was in the New York Times, the one I've got it off that was referring back to that, but that's not where I read it from. But it was talking about a book that's just been written uh, by a guy named uh, Dr. I'm, I'm probably butchering his name, and uh, he's at Cal Berkeley and is a scientist, but it's called the, uh, the Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life. Now, don't go get it because I haven't read it yet, so I want to give you my disclaimer. You may go read it and go, Pastor Kurt, you shouldn't have told me to read that book there. That is not good. I'm just taking the quotes that I know right now. Okay. But from a scientific standpoint, I'm not saying it's any spiritual part of it. It may be a lot of it. I don't know. But what I am saying to you is that the, the, the thought behind it is that he talks about the radical investigation. This is the tag. The radical investigation into how awe transforms our brains and bodies. How awe, and again, I know being from the South, you can take a lot of, that doesn't always come out. It's A-W-E, just those of you who are keeping score at home, okay? 
But it says, awe is the feeling we get in the presence of something vast that challenges our understanding of the world. It's so big, so great, so something that goes, wow, how does that work? How does, how does that now, I know we throw the term awe around a lot or awesome. You know, we, we use that term easily and for a, a lot of things. And sometimes you text somebody back, awesome, and they, they want a volleyball game. Awesome. You know, like I use that for my grandkids. Okay, so, so or something along that line. Or, you know, you use the term awesome for a lot of different things. But what we're talking about here is something that, that causes you to, you know, because you're celebrating. And you may throw that word out there. You're just trying to go as high as you can without really good words and one sentence and one word to say how glad you are for them. But the word we're talking about, awesomeness, and this awe is a whole different level. And he talks about it's like looking up at a million stars in the sky, night sky, or marveling at the birth of a child. said, when people feel awe, they may use other words to describe the experience, such as wonder, amazement, surprise, or transcendent. But he goes on to say, and I'm going I'm to put my glasses on here, because so, I want to be able to read it. That's the main reason. So I'm going to read a few things here. Normally I don't read this much, but I just, I just like what he's saying. He says, the, that awe, the awe that transforms our bodies and brains said awe activates the vagal nerves, one of the things, clusters of neurons in the spinal cord that regulate various bodily functions and slows our heart rate, relieves digestion, and deepens breathing, calming down the nervous system. It cools our immune system, the immune system's inflammation response, and strengthens our bodies. He said, all is also finding psychological benefits by silencing the negative talk in our heads. It appears to deactivate, deactivate the default mode network, the part of our cortex involved in how we perceive ourselves. And I said to you last week, and we've mentioned it a few times over the last many weeks, it's normally not the circumstance that destroys us. It is the processing of, processing of our thoughts in the circumstance. Either succumbing to fear and disbelieving God's word or placing trust and rest that sets us on pace for the future. But it's how we process our thoughts are what really gets us in trouble. We talked about soundtracks by John Acuff and how that plays over and over in our minds that those negative soundtracks that we have in our mind. I gave you the illustration of my, my, my skiing attempt a few weeks ago, but it was way more than about skiing. Is how I talk to myself. That I would talk to myself and perceive that about myself that I would never say to anyone else, even an enemy I wouldn't say it. But I'll say it to myself. I'm my greatest discourager. Anybody there? But when we stand in awe, and I'm going to go spiritual here, when we begin to stand in awe of God, things begin to fall in place, don't they? One, it makes sure, I, one thing I fall in place is I'm not God. That's probably the first place, which is, I'm going to tell you in the culture we live in today, 
be a great thing for us to learn in our culture. We can't change things that God's put in motion. We are not God. He goes on to say, he said, in a divided world, all sharpens our reasoning and orients us towards big ideas and new insights. He said, we are in this cultural moment of narcissism and self-shame and criticism and entitlement. He goes on to say, all helps us get out of that. You begin to realize you're not God. It takes a huge blow to narcissism. (laughs) You're not God. And put yourself in perspective. Because sometimes I think we really do lose perspective. You know, in the world we live in today, it should be easier to stand out than in any other time. You became a person who listens on both sides. You became a person who your mind is not all this negative and taking in all the negative. And you begin to speak in a way that is of, of not only of awesomeness of who God is, for sure, but even mankind. That even I can learn from people who are totally different than the way I would think on anything. Because God has created them. Now, they may have, and very well, may have been off the rails from what God wants for their life. I'm not saying they're not. That doesn't mean I can't learn, can't be open, can't be in awe. But one of the big challenges, how do we end up missing awe? How do we get so accustomed are so overwhelmed that we no longer see it. According to his power, that is at work within us. I mentioned it briefly last week. You know, one of the big challenges is that for we as believers, is God able? Is he able? I got to work through that. Is he able? Do I really truly believe he is who he says he is? Is he able? But the other one is, and it goes back to this verse here is, is that we're in partnership with him. We are in partnership with him. He who began a good work in us. He who, what if that was your soundtrack? Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. But so much of this, again, is according to, according to the power that is at work within you. We're in partnership with God. What if you got up every day and go, man, this stinks. This is, yeah, you go, but God, we're in this together. And I know you're going to pull your weight. Just show me what weight I'm supposed to pull in this. Show me my part in this. Show me how I can help the kingdom move forward and do my part. I 
I mean, a few years ago, 2018, I was, I, I had gained more weight. I'd had a hip surgery, uh, replaced my left hip, and I, because I, you know, reached a point, Dr. Dan had told me, you'll know when it's time, and it was time. I'd messed with it for about 13 years, and it was time. Problem was, I was down for a long time, and of course, you can make all kinds of excuses once you're down like that for a long time, and I gained about 20 pounds or so, somewhere in that. Not, not the whole time. I, I probably started gaining that right before I had the surgery and just kept going. And so I go to revitalize, and I'm not, they're not paying me to even mention their name, but they're good, Okay. They really helped me. But, but the, the hardest part about me working with Revitalize was I had to do something. I just wanted to go somewhere where they could give me something and it would just get there. Give me a pill. Let me drop the dollars down. And I paid. It's more than, if you go look it up, it's more than you wish. But I put a dollar on it. I put a, I put a dollar number on it and made it worth more. I literally put a dollar on it. But you know, they did my, they did my, uh, 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 my, my first, whatever you call it, the, the, the scan and everything. They give you a readout. Some of you have done it. I know there's a few of you here have done Revitalize. And, and I got this thing, and, and it said on there that I was overfat. Not overweight, just overfat. Could have been offended. I was. Could have denied. I didn't. And the reason I'm sharing that with you today is, is not because anything that anybody else needs to take away from it, but except this. I had to partner with them. I had to partner with them. But what if you were partnering with the one that threw the stars into heaven. <laughs> We're partnering in this. So, to be able to ask, he is able, he is able, he is able, he is more than able. But we're just sitting around waiting for him to do his part. but according to the power that is at work within us. It's a partnership. We're in this together. And so sometimes when we read scripture, we're going, I don't see it, I don't see it. Oh yeah, if you just need to go look in the mirror. Because that very well may be the thing that's capping you from seeing what that scripture says. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who am I to question you? Just go read Job. Who am I? To strengthen you with power. That's his desire. desire. He want, it literally means to infuse into you. That is his desire for your life is that you would walk into the fullness and in the power. And what's so great about it is, is that when you're walking in that, you will ask for things that are in line with where he's headed. And you won't ask for things that are not. 
Because you'll have his mind. Because you'll have his spirit. That's the reason there is no limit on what you can ask. Because if it's in line with his will, then you don't have to worry about it. Because it's all on him then. But my part is, is to be infused, to be living into the fullness. And I didn't read it up there, but it, you end chapter 3, the first sentence of chapter 4 is what? To live a life worthy of the calling. Live a life worthy of the calling. Teenagers, youth pastor for so long, teenagers. We go, Pastor Greg, what kind of girl should I date? What kind of guy should I date? And, you know, we talk about all dating or courting, whoever, pick a word that you like better. I don't care. But whatever that is. And we would talk about that. I said, but here's the challenge. It's not you getting good eyesight to spot that whoever that is when they finally come along. The biggest challenge for you is being the, becoming the person that that person deserves. That's your biggest challenge. Your biggest challenge is will not be spotting it. Your biggest challenge is not becoming the person that that person you're looking for deserves. And then when you spot them, they're already up and running because you're already running to. Running in a direction, chasing after him. The Lord blessed me with someone who was already running ahead of me, for sure, with Jan. But I'm so thankful we try to run this out together. And we do it in all kinds of different ways. I was asked, been asked many times, why do you think you, and you've heard me say this, why do you think you grew so fast in your faith when you come to know the Lord? I was 27 years old, and I mean, it was not only transformative in that moment over the next years and years, it, just, it, was, just, it, was, just, it was crazy how fast things changed and the Lord put things in my mind. And, but I, I determined early on that if the Lord gave me the strength and that if I understood it, then I'm going to try to do my best to do it. No delay. No more negotiations. Done with the negotiating. See, I understood early on, this is the one thing about being uneducated from the sense of, you know, I was educated in life and I took good notes and I, okay, so so I'm not uneducated. Any amens to that? I may not have a college degree, but I'm not uneducated. And I've taken good notes. But one advantage about being uneducated in the world's eyes it was easier to see the awesomeness of God. One thing about having no money, right, Jan? When you're not self-sustaining and you know you're not, you get to see the Lord move in ways that you don't see otherwise. You just do. You just you recognize them quicker. Because without God, that's not happening. 
So that's a part of the challenge we have in America is that we sometimes don't get to see that. And for me, and I mentioned it last week, you know, I, I, the vastness of God, all that kind of stuff, I just, I, just, I just knew that this is way bigger than me. So as I was even talking about last week in the message about giving, I was talking to someone this week about tithing. And I just told them, I don't know if I have a greater thrill. I give regularly. Jan and I do from my salary. And, and Jan, Jan's got three licenses, so she's got cosmetology and real estate and insurance. But, uh, but the hair, I give regularly. We just put it in. But then we'll flip a house. Jan will sell a house. And Jan's in real estate and broker. And Jan will do that. And so then there's, that's that one kind of standing alone by itself. I don't know if I have a greater thrill in my life then writing that check and putting it in the offering wherever. And I write a check because I want, to, I want to physically do it. I don't want to click anything. I don't know if I have, I'm not, I don't know if I'm more static about anything else in my life than giving like that. I shouldn't say nothing about my kids. There's a lot of other things. Don't, okay. There's a lot of other things. Nothing. It is a thrill for me. And it always has been. It always has been. Because I always believe if I can trust him with the, if, if, I, if he can trust me with, if I can trust him there with that 10, he's going to take care of the other nine. We're going we're gonna to make, we're going to figure this out. He's more than able. But I'm in partnership with him. I got to have some faith. I got to step out. I got to do something. But it is easy. I want to make sure, let me say this before I'm, I'm going to make sure I clean this up. I'm not saying you give, as I said last week, you don't give 1000 to get 10000 Anytime I talk about this, I want to make sure you're not hearing what I'm not saying. Because I'm not sure how all the blessings come. But I know they're coming. He is more than able. And I don't know how they all come. And Josiah talked about some last week. I don't know if it's from my, from my own family and my kids. and all. I don't know how it will come, how, how they turn out and how we are. I don't know how it all comes. I don't want to find out. <laughs> and I don't mean that in fear. But I trust him. You know, it is easy to lose the sense of awe. I mean, we can be distracted. There's so many distractions. Anybody got any distractions in your life? If you've got a phone next to you, then you have one, okay? If you've got a TV at home with now thousands of channels and you can watch, you know, 14 seasons, 20 seasons of Frasier if you want to or whatever, you just whatever. I'm not promoting Frasier, so don't, don't go do that either, okay? I'm just saying, you can look up stuff and you can binge watch till you, you can't see straight, right? There's so many ways to distract. And we talked about last week, we get news, we get information all the time. How many different down, how many ways can you get information right now and read it? And you get reports, you hear the report of the world, but you need to what? Let's hear the report of the Lord. But it's so easy to be distracted and miss. I used to tell Colton, thank goodness it didn't happen, but I used to tell Colton when he would be on his phone all the time, and there was a video one time of it of just showing 
The very person you're supposed to meet, your soulmate. Now, I, you know, I don't believe in that necessarily like that, but you know what I'm saying. Could walk right by you and your head be down. I mean, the very thing that God is intersecting in your life, you miss it because you're distracted. You're distracted. And to see it in simple things and see the awesomeness in simple things. I, I, I used to be so blown away by the things of God. And I will just even tell you as a person of being Christian now, you know, 36 years. It's easy to start going, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, I know about that. Oh, yeah, that's. And to become old if you're not careful. I remember my sales manager at Or Chevrolet in Texarkana that, that when I wasn't a believer, and I don't know that he was either, but, but, but we were, Sydney, our oldest daughter was about to be born right before I went to work at Alumax. And he said, hey, he said, Gentry, do you, you know, he said, are you going to be in the delivery room? And I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, he said, do you believe in God? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I said, yeah, probably, sure, sure, I believe in God. He said, well, if you don't now, you will then. No kneecaps, soft spot on their head. Got to get them out, huh? Then they grow up to be 6'2". As I said before, we marvel at those cameras. And we stand in line for them. But these cameras here that are in 3D, we most often don't marvel at. This brain that is so unbelievable that can distract and me continue to talk. I hear my little granddaughter talking to me back there. Hi, Jovi. But I heard you move in your chair right there. I can hear the air conditioner. But somehow or another, my mind can go, take a thousand bits of information, thousands, millions, and go, I'm not impressed by that. Not, not at all, right? You've seen the sunsets and you've seen the million stars. Billions. Yeah, it can't impress me. Modern medicine presses me. Where did those people get those brains? Where did they get that? That's the reason I love part, being part of the church in Nashville. We believe in the mystical and the rational. We believe our God can heal in a moment. So we pray it and we believe it. But we also know he uses the rational means of, of man in, their, in, in the mind that he has given them to come up with this craziness to be able to do what they did. I'm amazed by the Hans table. If you don't know what that is, they break your leg. They drop your leg down below you. <laughs> I mean, it's down below you, back here somewhere. Okay? And then they take a hammer and drive that stake into your leg, into your hip. Then they put it back together, and here I am. And you're black and blue from here to here. Not, not, not. And then it's for them throwing your leg down and beating on you. Take, watch it. Watch the guy do it. He put, they put a GoPro on and he's, not on my leg, just on, a, on, a, on somebody else. But he's pounding it and that, and that GoPro's just, every time he hits it's like that GoPro's just going. Because he's hitting so hard. I'm amazed by that. That God has given mankind ways to know how to do those kind of things. But I give God the credit. And I give man the credit for being willing to be used as a vessel. 
But that's it. Don't confuse them. I think about my dad laying on the battlefield, not laying, but moving on the battlefield for four days. Casino, Italy. Working his way back to the Allied lines. Those of you who know the story. My mom with polio. Didn't think she'd ever walk. Neither one of them with any education to speak of. But two of the most compassionate, honorable people who live both almost to be 90. Most unbelievable. I got to watch it in front of me in awe of what God did in our family where we were a dysfunctional disaster and God did miracles. Lord, please don't let me lose the awe of who you are. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do. One of the reasons I've tried to stay in reasonable shape all these years because I, I love being in nature and being in awe. I love going to places that you probably can't get there unless you're hiking in or doing something. That's just how I feel. It's just me. But I got to do my part, right? I got to do it. And I don't know that I'll be able to do it the rest of my life. Most likely won't. One of the places I went a few years ago, it was Glass Lake in Washington, and I don't know if we have this, you get slides? And it's one of these most awesome places. Now, right there, you can do it by car. You just walk around the backside of it, and you can look at the lake and see the mountain behind it. But then you go to the next one. you got to hike down in for miles. But you ain't seeing it. I could ask God, God, I want to see places like that. I want to be tucked in. I want you to just parachute me in, or I can be in partnership with him. That may not be your desire, and I'm not saying you need to do that. But he has given me opportunities more than I could ask or imagine. You know, I'm amazed by people. I am amazed by people. I'm amazed by my two older brothers. I, I got two brothers. You know, one's an amazing at taking cars, dismantling completely, and making them into something unbelievable. Jan and my kids would tell you he's phenomenal at it. My other brother takes little models and makes little things out. Just it's phenomenal. I could. I don't have one talent. I've told Jan. I don't have one talent. Anybody's in awe of. Not one talent. Not one thing. I know this guy here. You hang out with him. Now, I do, I do recruit people who I can be in all of. I will say that. That is, like I said last week, it's great to have friends, but it's really great to have friends with skills. Thank you, Napoleon. Dynamite, okay? But nothing, nothing blows me away to this day is seeing a life that was going that way. And God taking and going, we're going that way now. Nothing. Nothing. He is more than able. How does that happen? How does those lives, partly you living it out in front of them in the fullness of the Spirit, the power has worked within you. How does that work out in partnership? Somebody else's life gets changed. 
according to the powers that work within you. How does it work? Well, we partner in church in a lot of different ways. You inviting financially is a lot of other ways we partner. But we got to do our part according to the power that is at work within you. He can do immeasurably more. He can ask or imagine. I love part of that song more than able. With the faith in this room, I don't know how many are in this room today. But if you go to the upper room on the day of Pentecost, they changed the history of the world by the fullness of the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit in you. Josiah, you guys come up and we're going to sing more than able. There's a lot of things in this room right now I'm assuming this group of people are praying for. And it comes from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of roads to get to this room today. I don't share all my prayer requests with everybody here. And thank goodness you don't share all of them with me or I'd be overwhelmed, okay? (laughs) But there are some. And there are some that I know about. There are some that may be watching right now online. I hope you are. That we're praying for your marriage. I mean, best I can look at that camera. He is more than able. He is more than able. But you've got to do this in partnership, not only with each other, but with him. Allow him to do his work in you to the fullness scripture is very aware or God's very aware obviously if there's a vacuum in nature it either gets filled by water or air right if there's a vacuum if there's a hole it's going to get filled by something walk in step with the spirit the fullness of the spirit Would you stand with me, if you don't mind? Just so you're aware, I thought this was going to be a 25-minute message, so there you go, for what it's worth. I preached shorter last week, so there you go. Man, we're for you. But there are things I can't do for you. Just can't do it. Here's the thing about awe. I can be in awe awe of something and not be able to explain it to you. Partly, not only are you not there physically for me to explain it to you, but you also may not be there emotionally, but most of all spiritually, for you to grasp it. You will not appreciate. If you don't know the Lord, if somebody comes down here today and cries out to the Lord and changes their life, you will not appreciate it the way others do in this room. 
You just won't. And not anything against you. And we want you here, so don't hear what I'm not saying again. But you won't appreciate it the same. And you won't be in awe of what God can do the same. I want to live a life of awe. Just as we read in that article today, or pieces of it. It's not just good for you spiritually. It's good for you everywhere. It's good for me that Jan lives in awe. She'll be happier working on that. No, but really, it's good for your marriage to live in awe. It's good for your spouse that you live in awe of everything around you. So as we sing, I don't really know. I've scattered this 12 different directions here this morning. But whatever the Lord is doing in your life, and you want to come and pray around these altars or just stand and sing as a doxology, as, a, as glory to God in words, His grandeur, then join us in that. We pray for us. Lord, we help, hope and pray that you will help us even in this moment. We know you will, but Lord, so many times our partnership means we take a big step, gets us out of our comfort zone. Then we're in awe. Lord, if we always stay in the safe space, we do miss awe because we can probably figure all that out by ourselves. But when you move us out into the uncomfortable in our pursuit of following after you, then we get to see you at work in a different way. Lord, it may take someone stepping out in an aisle at a church and kneeling. I don't know. I know it did that for me, Lord. I didn't kneel, but I walked down and shook the pastor's hand. Changed my life. I don't know what that will be, Lord, but I am confident of this. To go where you want us to go, we'll have to get a little uncomfortable. Lord, help us to live into that for your glory, Lord. To live into the fullness according to the power that is work within us by your spirit. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We sing. You come if you feel led.